game on Sunday, man. You, I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. I played with Rock and anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Superbug fans were there, too. Superbug. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little cleared. But we're joined by Pat Donovan. It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like you got a little No, my, my uh, camera's broke. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Tampa Tones here. Huncho will be joining shortly. My right-hand man, Huncho, will be in here shortly on the Bucketeers. It's our Tune Me Up show. It's our Tune Me Up for a rivalry week. We do a Tune Me Up weekly here, and uh, it's going to be a good one this week. we got Buck Saints, the long-heated battle of the NFC South. This one will be for first place in the division potentially depending on what happens with Atlanta if you guys are wondering why my voice is a little shot I was actually at Bucks Eagles Monday Night Football taking combat at Raymond James Stadium Tampa Tones alongside Huncho here until about 6.15 Eastern or so tonight without further ado we'll bring in Hunch Hunch how you doing brother uh, after a loss not the way we wanted the cookie to crumble, but we're going to talk about the Monday night football game a little bit in the first half, then get to the Saints game and see if we could take away any positives from that. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm still trying to get set up over here, but I appreciate you, man. I'm glad you're doing this, even though you ain't feeling too good, man. We're going to kill it tonight like we always do. Yeah, we is, brother, and uh, we'll let you get set up and we'll let you get situated over there as we continue to coast here, and we're going to Go over the Bucks Eagles game first and foremost, and we're going to get into the Saints game. Going to get into Baker Jameis topics of discussion as Nathan joins us. Hello there. Anyone else here? More people will be on the way, Nathan. I see some people chatting in the other Facebook chat as well. So uh, there's a couple people in the other Facebook chat. That one's through Tampa Tones. There's also the one you're in through bucks life news so it's a beautiful day here and first and foremost want to get right at it monday night football not the score we wanted not the final outcome we wanted against the philadelphia eagles but let's be honest the eagles are no joke probably the most feared contender in the lay of the land throughout the nfc and maybe even in the nfl in general the bucks did fall short 25 to 11 we're not gonna go over every little thing on the docket but We are going to sum up that game and say our feelings of that game and uh, the situation at hand and how we saved all three of our timeouts, yada, yada, yada. First off, I want to say the atmosphere in Ray J was disappointing. Obviously, the Bucs' home crowd was lacking. A lot of Eagles fans in the – a lot of Eagles fans in the stands – 
And it wasn't ideal. Obviously, when you're a home team, you want to make sure you get as many crowd, as much of a big crowd as you can for the Bucks, and that didn't happen. Little to be desired fan-wise. A lot of Eagles fans all the way around, 300 level, 100 level, 200 level. Hunch, any words if you're with us yet um, on the Eagles fans being crazy in there? And Nathan has a comment to say lack, and it was a terrible turnout for a Monday night football game and for Ronde's celebration. Yeah, that's what lacking means, Nathan. The crowd was lacking, which is what we just said here, buddy. Uh, Hunch, any words to add to that? I mean, I said it, Nathan said it. The crowd was a disappointment. Uh, yeah, um, I couldn't quite hear you. I'm still setting up my monitor. I need like two more minutes, but um, repeat the question. I can hear you now. Uh, I was just saying the crowd was a huge disappointment on Monday night. Thoughts on that? As uh, far as the crowd was going, I mean, it's pretty typical. It happens with Bucks fans and um, with selling their tickets because um, you sometimes triple your money, you know, with a couple games and stuff like that. But um, and I want to say this, it's a lot of Philly fans that actually live down here also that people don't understand. And it's a year without Tom Brady, man. So it's a lot of things that's going to change, man. I don't agree with it, but that's that's what it's going to be until we start picking up and winning more games again. Yeah, I agree with you. And even with Brady, you would see random Lions or Rams jerseys potentially and glimpses of other jerseys as well. And if you've been to Ray J or if you noticed on television this year, there's one big change in Raymond James Stadium, which is one half of the tunnel where the field goal posts are behind it. They were always open until last year. Then they added in about 3,000 seats in the south end zone. They called it the Crow's Nest. And now that whole area is gone. So obviously they sold more tickets to Brady. They sold more tickets to Bucks fans of Brady. I had a friend who had season tickets in the Crow's Nest, but obviously the Bucks were preparing for ticket sales to be down this year by removing the Crow's Nest. And Hunt, what are your thoughts on the Bucks putting a Crow's Nest up, those 3,000 plus seats up for one season? Obviously it was a money grab and now it's gone. So the Crow's Nest is no longer. Uh, yeah, it's most definitely a money grab. And that's that's the thing with this organization. It's a lot of things that's that's money grab related. And um, I just feel like, yeah, they had a whole new beach chair out there. They had a section for Brady. But that's what you expect from the GOAT. I mean, he's going to draw in a, a large amount of crowds. He's going to bring his own fan base with him also. So you got to spread out and, and get as much people in the house to support the team, as, as you see, as when we did compared to now. You know, if you don't have that uh, support, a lot of people don't believe it or they don't understand it in Tampa yet, but the crowd actually makes a difference. And just like when you with the Saints, they have a crowd noise factor. You have Arrowhead, they have a crowd noise factor. You have the Seahawks crowd noise factor, even the Vikings with the Skull chant. Those type of uh, organizations and um, fans, they're going to support their team and they, they don't care. And um, I think uh, a lot of these fans in Tampa, are they either thought it was – basically Brady, or we gained a lot of people to come watch the games that weren't really truly Bucks fans, but they started watching because the atmosphere changed and um, 
the aura that Brady bought. So they started purchasing tickets and, you know, certain people just go get season tickets and um, they just keep going into games, sell their tickets. But this year is, is going to be a little different year until we can start proving that we're winners against legit teams. Huncho, I agree with you there. And speaking of legit teams, Eagles are absolutely a legit team as we talked a bit earlier one of the best in the nfl if not the best in the nfl at this given time jalen hurts is a perennial mvp candidate at this point you had aj brown quez Watkins out there dallas godier a lot of weapons their running game seems to be clicking you got deandre swift you got rashad penny you got kenneth gainwell so a couple veterans back back there as well not to mention their trenches, both offensively and defensively, are forces to be reckoned with. They have probably the best front seven defensively in the National Football League, in my opinion. So let me ask you this. How concerned are you after Monday night, knowing we played potentially the best team in the league and knowing that they out-trenched us? Listen, Vita had an injury. He's not 100%. I just yeah, listened to Rick. Yeah, exactly. I just listened to Rick Stroud on the way here. Vea is nowhere near 100%, so we were down 100% Vita Vea. Devin White got healthy during that one. Jamel Dean got hurt during that one. So uh, are there any signs of encouragement, I guess, that you took away from the Monday night game, although we got banged up, although we played a very talented team, the wheels came off a little bit. Anything that encouraged you out there on Monday night? Uh, to speak on the injury, injuries are going to happen. I mean, it, injuries been hitting teams pretty hard this year. Not just our team. It's been a lot of teams, key players that's been injured. And um, for the last couple of years, they, they've hitting us very hard. Um, I mean, the year that we went to the Super Bowl, we were very – the injuries didn't occur as much, and that was straight out of luck, especially on the offensive line. I mean, it was just spectacular how, how we made it through that year without – those injuries uh, coming to bite us. But as you see now, that is gone, and it's, it's a different day and age now. And um, a lot of people are getting very severe, severe injuries, and that's what causes the game. And two things you can guarantee, two people you can guarantee that's going to get hurt throughout the season is Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. It never fails. They, they always go down with an injury. I'm not saying that that's a, you know, it's not in a good way, you know. But that's that's how it is, man. People already called it before the season started that Davis was going to get hurt, and now Jameen, Jamel Dean's playing injured, and um he wasn't having his best season therefore. And it, it, I mean it's a crapshoot because it's it's just any given Sunday anybody can get hurt, and it's like we're wearing it this year. And it's key guys like Vita Vea that's going to be a significant injury to miss, you know. And um I think my take on how it affected the Eagles game is if we had everybody healthy i'm not going to say 100 percent intent that we would win that game but i know we would have looked more competitive and it would have been a tighter game it was that it was a list of things the play calling was not there i know uh it's new for dave canales but it's just some things you just don't do um and sometimes it seems like the fans know some the armchair fans sometimes we know was uh kind of best for the for you know because we're looking at it like why would you do that it doesn't make any sense against the number one rush defense in the league and um i've been hearing dave say you know the run sets up the pass but it's vice versa too the pass can set up the run also 
you know, and um, you just got to take a different approach when you're out there, man. And um, I expected to see more versatility. And um, he said today in his pressure that he didn't want to rush any of the, this offense. But when you got a defense playing like that, you got to put some pressure and be able to strike. It's like we're we're playing like we're scared to to strike first. Like we're gonna just give what. Sometimes you got to press pressure that defense. You know, because we have a defense that can compete. Just pressure them to and make them feel like we're going to attack. And I feel like we haven't been attacking. Yeah, now let me ask you this, Hunch. Um, you make a great point on the injuries. Obviously, Jamel Dean injured. Sorry if it sounds like foghorn leghorns out my window. I got an airplane flying by. That thing is lower than sin. Um, you, you have uh, – <laughs> excuse me. Uh, you have Carlton Davis banged up. You have Jamel Dean banged up. People predicted that. But – it's not like it's new, right? In years past, you had Sean Murphy Bunton was a heavy user of the injured list. In the playoff run that we had when we won the Super Bowl, you had the likes of Javon Hagan and Andrew Adams playing safety at points in time because of injuries and because of the secondary injuries. Last year, you had Logan Ryan injured uh, throughout the season a couple different times. Do you think it's more so Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis that are injury prone, or do you think that there's something wrong with the way the Bucks prepare these guys for combat week in and week out? Because I know injuries happen in football, but man, I've never seen defensive backs get consistently banged up like the Bucks have. And it's not like it's just been Dean and Carlton, right? If it was just them two all these years, I would say, okay, yeah, obviously they're still injury prone, but is there something more to it? SMB, Logan Ryan, and all of those cats seem to get injured a good bit as well. Uh, I believe it's a it's a very variation of different things. Uh, one of them also being the heat and that climate, like you constantly playing in that heat, practicing in the heat, cramping um, up, right? Cramping up, your body's got to be hydrated, and you don't know like if your body's not hydrated, this goes out that goes out, you know, you don't move the same way your body and you're exhausted, you don't give enough effort. And it's just a, a lot of unlucky situations, man, because it's just give and take. We don't have, we don't know who's going to get hurt and how they're going to get hurt. And um, it's just one thing about it, it hasn't been any big injuries, but what it's looking like, it can be some lingering mm. uh, injuries with the, the toe, toe, toe uh, whatever toe injury uh, Carlton Davis has. like yep, he, turf toe. He has full participation this week, which is good today. He did, you know, that's a good, that's a good sign. Like he might play. No Jamel Dean. Okay, now we have D Delaney. No his backup. Uh Pitts wasn't on the um wasn't practicing today. He was on the injured list. So I mean, if D Delaney or Carlton Davis goes out, you're looking at what you only got well, you got Zion McCullen, but mm-hmm. after that, it's just real thin back there. And I I give credit to um a lot of people in the chat and stuff, they were saying that uh, they were worried about our death, especially at corner. And um, me yeah, and you said that. Me and you said that. And yeah. um, I wanted to bring in Anthony Brown. I know he's not great, but he was a starter on the Cowboys for four or five years. I mean, what can it hurt at this point? I mean, what can it hurt? We're going to have uh, Josh Hayes out there if it comes down to it. And I don't think that's what you want to do. It's a recipe for disaster. But all this plays into back, you know what I'm saying, the money that we spent up front um, the years, I believe. 
So right now you got to settle. You can't just go out there and go get some guys that's going to um, just come in and contribute right away. You got to still shop at the bargain store, you know, and um, pulling guys damn near off the street just to come in and play for us. And um, it's, I just hope that they get better soon. And I'm going to say this. I'd rather the injuries happen now mm -hmm. so you have a possibility to get some of these guys back and try to make a run for it later on versus later on and you lose some key guys mm -hmm. and now your whole football uh destination going to the playoffs and all that is canceled out because you lose those guys so it's still early in the season uh i'm worried about that vita injury because it's, it's very hard to replace vita and if he's not on the field man it's going to be very tough on those guys and if you don't have Kansi next to him it's just a recipe for disaster. Logan Hall's been getting thrown all over the place. Uh, Joe Tri JTS and Shaq's been getting double teamed. So, I mean, <laughs> Filer, he's looking. Um, isn't that his name? Filer is that? Yeah, Matt Filer. Filer, he's he's playing a little decent some game, but he's just like a tad bit behind. Like he's not there. The speed that we want. So, um. I mean, it's, it's going to be a long season, and it's only week uh, three. And Ant Ant Anthony Brown now, real quick. This is why the 49ers are always so successful. They signed Anthony Brown. He was out in free agency until August 30th. I was pleading to get him, and nobody got him. And then the 49ers just, even though they have a great defense already with a lot of depth, they went out and they brought in a guy like Anthony Brown. Not that he's going to start for them, but that's a depth body, right? I mean, as great as Christian Isian has been, as great as Davis has been when healthy, Dean has been underwhelming, but we know what he could bring to the table. After that, it falls off greatly. It's not like Dee Delaney's ever been a huge threat out there. Donnie Pepin saying, Jonathan Taylor, no thank you. Um, hey, I don't Too much money in, in, in the offensive line still can't. First play, did you see that first play of Cody Mock, bro? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The kid looked like he was swimming in a pool. I mean, it was ridiculous. And by the time running backs get accustomed to their new teams and locations after they get traded, it normally doesn't end out too well. Plus, Taylor's been out of football for a while now. You'd have to give up assets. If the Bucks trade for anything, give me defense, please. I think the run game... It might not ever get great this year, but it'll get better as the year goes on. Let's remember Rashad White, Sean Tucker, Keyshawn Vaughn. All of our backs at this point have never really been feature backs at the pro level before for a long period of time. And this offensive line is very new. This offensive scheme is very new. Before I want to completely blame it 100% on the running backs and say – we got to go get this guy, and it's going to be worth giving up a second and a fifth-round pick and giving him a long-term deal. I want to make sure um, we etch out a lot of other problems first, and I want to make sure that, you know, Rashad White's a young cat. He had a lot of hype coming into the year. He looked good in week two, not great in week one or three. Sean Tucker hasn't looked great yet either, but I really think no. if this offense starts to click, if we start using Godwin properly, if I – and comes down with a couple more catches like he should. If Evans doesn't drop some balls, that's going to open up more rooms for the running game. Right. And it should help it out. And, yes, our running game is weak as shit, but adding a Jonathan Taylor who didn't have a great year last year, who is coming off a big injury, who has a huge price tag, might not help anything. Look at 
I mean, look at how devalued some of these other running backs are. Cam Akers, this and that. If you're the Bucks, you're better off waiting. Maybe another veteran comes along down the line that might not cost you as much. And if you're still in the playoff hunt, maybe go for it then. But Hunch, we got a regular in the house. J-Lo is in the house. J-Lo, my God, what's happening? What's good? We I got uh, Jay Garrison and Emad joining us on Facebook as well. But Hunch, thoughts quick on the running backs. I, I'd rather add a D-back personally if we're going to add one of the two. Give me a defensive back over running back at this point. Although our run games looked weak, I'd still rather add a D back. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll take some D line for that depth. Um, our running backs, I mean, you could put Barry Sanders behind the offensive line. If they're not blocking, it's going to be no good, man. They only could do so much, and our offense are not open, is not opening enough holes for uh, the running backs to run consistently. Yeah, Rashard, he, he can run better. He, he He's not decisive instantly when he makes certain moves uh when he gets the ball in his hands but that's partially because there's no holes to actually run through mm-hmm. and um i feel like we're missing in that nastiness uh to get some push some guys back uh yes. like ryan jensen ball and you know what i'm saying he bought that fiery in your face he's not going down you know what i'm saying and the guys galvanized that and move behind behind him and same thing on a defensive line with a uh, jpp when you add guys like that with those leader qualities to, to just make your team want to go out there and give them their all, then you have you have a nice stout defensive offensive line. But right now we don't have that. Tristan Wirfs, he already said he's not a big talker. He's not, you know, he's not that type of guy. But um, other than that, we got some uh, work to do, and um, I think it starts up front. Yeah, I agree with you, Hunch. It starts in the trenches. If Vea gets a little more healthy, if the O-line brings a little nastiness to it, we need Hainsey to step up a little bit. I think this team does improve. As J-Lo says, need to get healthy and still plenty of football left to improve. Couldn't agree more. We played possibly the best team and take it as a learning curve. I agree with all of those things, J-Lo. Hunch and I pretty much have said that as well, that we played the talented Eagles and the running game especially could get better as the year goes on, and we're only going to get healthier. Maybe if Vea is a little bit healthier, that makes a big difference. If Devin White doesn't get banged up, if Carlton Davis is able to roll out there, there could have been a couple of differences in that game. Jameis next week. Jameis this week. I know it's technically next week, Sunday, but it's this week I look at it. Um, oh, Pepin giving his score prediction already. We'll get into ours on tomorrow's show. Um, I believe we will have a show tomorrow. We'll keep everybody posted on that as soon as we do confirm and lock that in. And then just a reminder, we will be here Sunday for the way too early pregame show. The first Tampa Bay Buccaneers pregame show every single week. We will be here Sunday at 8.05 a.m. Eastern time. It's going to be incredible. And once again, it is the first Buccaneers pregame show to hit you guys each and every game day. We cannot wait for that. So tomorrow we'll be here. Sunday we'll be here. And then Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern time, over on Fox, the Buccaneers are at the Saints. Chris Myers on the call. I love Chris Myers. He's our uh, preseason announcer alongside Rondé Barber. It's Chris Myers. Jen Hale and Robert Smith, one o'clock Eastern time on Fox as the Bucks head to New Orleans 
to take yeah. on battle. Before we get to the Jameis Baker preview a little bit here, Hunch, uh, we're going to talk a brief couple minutes on the Rondé Barber ceremony and give wow. our thoughts on that. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet or know anybody that's seen it, but I was there during half. Uh, the two guys that came onto the field to help honor Rondé were Warren Sapp and Tony Dungy. Okay. It looked like Bruce Arians was in a booth helping to honor him. He's still employed by the team, so maybe that had something to do with him being in the booth. And then on top of that, Tiki Barber had a video in as well. It was really a cool ceremony. If you guys are familiar with Raymond James Stadium, our Ring of Honor, all their names are in the 300 level up there. And the ones in the Hall of Fame in the National Football League Hall of Fame have a little NFL Hall of Fame logo next to their names. So Rondé got the NFL Hall of Fame logo added next to his name in the Ring of Honor hunch. How cool of a moment for that was one of my favorite players ever and one of the best Buccaneers to ever do it on the gridiron, Rondé Barber. I mean, I wasn't there. I only know one guy that probably seen it, and that's that's you. And, I mean, that probably was a hell of an experience, you know, even going through what we were going through at that time on the field, I mean, just to sit there and um, uh, have that moment with Rondé Barber and um, just see all the greats there, like Warren Sapp, Derrick Brooks, and um, just to witness that is that's monumental. No matter where where you're at, is you don't get those type of moments over and over when when you see a Hall of Fame player get inducted, um, and that's. That's great. I mean, you you got to tell me what did you experience and how did you feel about it? You you don't live down here, but to come down here at that game and and catch that moment with Rondé, how would how did it make you feel and um what did you take away from it? It was pretty special to be honest. I can't lie about that. It felt incredible seeing somebody who's so monumental to not only the Buccaneers franchise but really to the city of Tampa and to the National Football League. Rondé's always been an incredible guy. He was right broadcasting he broadcast their preseason he had so many so many jerseys sold he created the monumental moment where he shut down the vet and pointed to the name on the back of his jersey yeah. i remember when we were growing up we had kids doing that right they'd get an interception they'd do the ronde barber point to the back of their jersey so he was bigger than tampa he was bigger than the nfl he was football ronde barber was football and it was truly an incredible honor to say and to see Rondé get his well-deserved place in the Hall of Fame. He gave a great speech. Warren Sapp and Dungy looked choked up. And it's really just a great, great story, a feel-good story, how he tied in with Bruce Arians as well. Uh, I was lucky enough to meet Bruce Arians, Chris Myers, and Rondé Barber last August before a Colts-Bucks preseason game. All great guys, all great friends, all provide so many good memories. As Kenny Barrett joins us, let's go, boys. Saints week. What's up, Kenny? Yep, what's up, Kenny B? And Donnie Pepin, we are 0-2 with Rondé halftime ceremonies. Yeah, the other one being against the Giants when Matt Gay missed the game-winning kick. That was to induct Rondé into the ring of honor. But you can't hold that against Rondé. Our team's got to come better prepared to play and honor the legendary Rondé Barber. I don't hold the two losses. We, we, we could have used Rondé out there uh, Monday night. And he had a joke with the Eagles fans, Hunch. It was pretty funny. At one point, Rondé said, 
after all we've been through, I want to say thank you to the Eagles fans for coming to see me, poking a little fun at them because he's the <laughs> one who shut down the vet. So it was really a cool thing. And Eagles fans seem to honor Rondé appropriately as well. I don't think too many of them acted like jackasses out there and uh, mm -hmm. uncultured people. So it was really incredible to see everybody, not just Bucks fans, but Eagles fans as well, in attendance at Raymond James Stadium, pay a great homage to a legend such as Rondé Barber. Yeah, it was something special. I believe it was something. And um, just to um, shift back towards the, the, the game, it was a lot going on. And I feel like we weren't prepared to play that team at that level right then and there. And um, we'll get better as the year goes on. We get some key people back. And um, hopefully we, we have a little more fight than what we did because it started to look like we were getting bullied on both sides of the ball. And um, that's definitely a, a recipe for – disaster man i could go on and on about all the mistakes and bad things that happened monday night and hunch speaking of things happening speaking of people coming to town first if you guys are watching the bucketeers on our youtube channel please remember to like the video and subscribe to us today that will be a huge help and if you guys want to follow along with us keep up with us on twitter at bucketeers instagram at bucketeers pod we appreciate all the help there speaking of a return to town hunch Jameis returns to town actually we're going to Jameis's town but he returns versus the bucks it's a very familiar opponent todd Bowles on the coaching staff in 2019 when Jameis was here had that historic year for better or worse baker against Jameis. give us your quick thoughts on that hunch what what do you expect out of the battle the former two top picks of the entire NFL draft. Jameis, first overall pick in 2015. Baker Mayfield, first overall pick in 2018. I mean, it's just the irony of uh, uh, Jameis getting a start when we play him in New Orleans. You know, I think that's really one of the main key reasons why he sticks around there because he wants to stop socket to us so bad. And, um, you know, it is what it is, man. We've been getting the better of them uh, as of late. So I hope that can continue. Um, Jameis, I mean, we know he's a bonehead at times and he can make some irrational, dumb throws and just gunsling it. But mm -hmm. he's he definitely is a gunslinger. Let's not forget he can sling that ball out there if you slip. So you got to keep aware of, of – what's going on and you got to be on your p's and q's and you don't want to get keep getting beat deep especially they got some speedy guys over there uh they match mm -hmm. up pretty well against us and um the injuries are going to play a part and um i think yeah we know some things about james that can help us uh todd bowles knows what to do you know i'm sure they're going to throw some taste and heal at us also so just be prepared and you got to be sound in this game and play some crisp football like i would like to see us get an early jump or early lead and um but to get back towards what you asked me um about baker mayfield that yeah they have some of the similar stories but it's not the same you know like baker said but you know they both were number one picks and and they're not on the team that drafted them so you right now you're just trying to get back and um show the the nfl that you're here to stay and you can be your uh number one quarterback right now and um I feel like they're both competitive, you know. Uh, one's trash talking is 
is I feel very good, and the other one is kind of like Nickelodeon compared to uh, <laughs> one. And um, you know, you remember that pregame speech Jameis get gave us, uh, gave the locker room, and um, thought he was eating a bag of Doritos. It turned out it was his fingers. And uh, not even that. I'm I was talking about the one with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he was like, "Yeah, maybe uh, you could just cut it short or something." Ryan Fitzpatrick when they were sitting together, it was on hard knocks. You know what I'm saying? He was just telling like, yeah, maybe just cut it a little down, you know, don't make it so long. Yeah, because, you know, the guy, he's, it, it, it doesn't sound genuine. It doesn't sound like it's a rah-rah speech for a grown man in the locker room. It's more so of a Pop Warner type thing, what he was doing out there. And um, to go out there and eat a W, and now he's trying to do it every time he wins a game. It's just funny, hilarious. But um, I'm looking forward to this game, man. Even though I know Baker and Jameis don't line up against each other, I mean, it's basically going to come down to those guys and, and what they can do to help their team and, and make some smart decisions. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited more about this game probably than the Philly game because it means a lot. You know, it's early in the year. Uh, you're playing your division rival. You, you got the same record. You want to get up right now. And for the Bucks, going into the bye week, that'll be great to go into bye week three and one and get some guys back healthy. If you could go inside the Saints and um dome and uh still a win, man, it's it's very, very interesting. It's gonna be one for the books Sunday. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Hunch, as you refer to a couple of good things. This game is a very meaningful one, and that's why everyone is such as Coach Todd Bowles is saying if we win this one, not a lot of people will be talking about the Eagles game. And I think I agree with that because it is a division game and as you know these games are the ones that mean the most come the end of december the beginning of january as jlo says let's see the pass rush take advantage of a not good nola offensive line and when you look at nola offensive line i think that's where uh we can really take advantage of Jameis, pressure Jameis, and mm-hmm. you know our reunion with him and remember devin white said last year they expected Jameis to turn the ball over against them i'm sure they expect the same thing this year for Jameis to right. turn the ball over against them. So I think we're going to see pressure on Jameis. I think the Saints are going to try and pressure Baker Mayfield as well. I think both defenses will try and get uh, heavy pressures on the quarterbacks, try and force some turnovers accordingly and see where that can take them. And uh, it's going to be a fun battle between Baker and Jameis. Yeah. You gotta be on your P's and Q's, man. And he's a uh, James is also getting another weapon back, Alvin Kamara. He's been out the last couple weeks, and he's yeah, coming back. Suspension's done. I thought it should have been a little more. Right, of course, but he will come back when he play us. I mean, it's just our luck how it's been all year. And you're getting a Kamara with fresh legs, man, and that could be a dangerous guy if you don't con- contain him. And Devin White is fighting an injury, so that can be very crucial, man. So uh, I just hope that we can just contain. Uh, um, Kamara and, and, and force Jameis to throw because I'll take our chances with Jameis throwing the ball than uh, Kamara running the ball. I agree with you as Leo Montavo has joined us on Facebook as well. Thanks a bunch, Leo. And Hunch, it's going to be our Thursday night football part of the show. If those remember last year, whenever we were on Thursday night football or the year before, we always give a little bit of an NFL or college preview or if there's both on, we choose which game to break down. I'm going to give Hunch the Lions-Packers. Hunch, what do you expect out of Green Bay-Detroit tonight quickly? Uh, 
Any thoughts on this NFC North rivalry and uh, any thoughts on if it impacts us at all? Oh, man, I'm expecting actually a, a pretty good game. Uh, the Packers, they've been looking surprisingly pretty good. They came back on the team that we played Sunday, the Saints, last week. They were down 17-0, so these guys probably feel like they can conquer anything and resilient. They probably don't see anything right now, and they're riding high, and they're feeling good, and they know this is a very good uh, chance to continue that streak. And you have a team like the Lions that's uh, reconstructed, and they have a lot of dog and a fight in them, and um, they're not going down easy. Those guys are fighting, and um, they, they're coming off a loss last week. So I'm pretty sure they're looking to uh, rebound and bounce back this week against a, a team <clears throat> a team like the Packers this week. So, I mean, you, you got good matchups. You got good defense in the Packers with Alexander. You got St. Brown and those guys, wide receiver over there. We, it's going to be a good game for it, and, and I'll, I'll be tuned in. So I'm looking forward to see what, what what's going to happen. Yeah, I'll be tuned in as well. Looking forward to seeing what's going to happen there as well. And since you took the NFL game, I'll just briefly gloss over the three college games. We do have a ton of football on tonight, which is a really beautiful thing. I love Thursdays because I'm a big fan of when NFL and college football collide, and it seemingly always occurs on Thursdays. So as Huncho was breaking it down, we do have Lions-Packers at 8.15 Eastern time. That's going to be on Amazon Prime. For those that don't have Prime but might be thirsty for football, well, you're in luck because we have a plethora of games tonight. We do have Middle Tennessee at Western Kentucky. That'll be 7.30 Eastern time, and that'll be on ESPN. And then you have Temple Tulsa, 7.30 Eastern time. That'll be on CBS Sports Network. And then for you late-nighters, we have 8 o'clock Eastern, Jacksonville State at Sam Houston on ESPNU as well. So, Huncho, a beautiful Thursday, four football games spanning across the pros in college. Love me some Thursday night football. On this beautiful edition of the Bucketeers Tune Me Up show, remember quick before we get to our last big thing, walk-off and last words, just a quick reminder of the schedule of the upcoming Bucketeers. We will be with you guys tomorrow night for our Bucks saints preview show. Time yet. To be announced on that so we can't wait there and we are going to announce the luke gedecky mini helmet winner on tomorrow night's show as well and on sunday we will be here for the one and only the way too early pregame show at 805 a.m eastern time as well we will be the first buccaneers pregame show to hit the air each and every game day morning this year hunch last words or walk off brother uh, one big thing. My one big thing is I'm still gonna I'm gonna save some of my takes for tomorrow for the Saints, but um, just to speak on this Philadelphia game and what transpired, um, um, I think it's real crucial that Dave Canales and how he's been calling the plays and he kind of got a little stubborn. I want to say with the run, he has to be very very um open minded and he has to really uh try to switch things up and get get your main guys going. Every ball, this, every scheme should be directed to get Chris Godwin and Mike Evans going every game and then everyone else. Also, um, I would like to see some better run calls playing, like switch it up and, and do stuff like that because the way it's going out, that run game is looking similar to last year. It's looking stagnant and weak. And um, that and um, Baker Mayfield, 
accuracy, I'm not going to say it's becoming a problem, but I just know we left some meat on the bone when mm-hmm. we went out there Monday night with some missed throws. And it's been like that for the last few weeks with uh, Chris Godwin just missing him, overthrowing him. Mm. The first week you had Co'Keefe overthrew him, you mm. missed him. Second week it was Chris Godwin again in the end zone, missed him. You know, and, uh, Tompkins, you overshot him. It's just been a lot of those plays that that can help us get down there and drive them. When you go and play good teams like Philadelphia, all those uh, <clears throat> throws that that matter because those are game changing throws that can you know help your offense. And and we had the defense on the field entirely too much, too much. If you looked at how much uh, time that we had the ball compared to Philadelphia, it's like we had like. 40 minutes probably and Philly had like 75 minutes or something like that. It was some a ridiculous number. And, and that's part we gotta have the offense with the ball more and we need to come together and, and find better ways to efficiently move down the field, not just on big shots and just trying, but we have to get first downs and stay out of third and longs and um switch it up and make it simple for just to get the first downs and just keep building like that. And um, I just wanted to get that out of the way, and that's that's been the key that I've I've kind of came to the conclusion was kind of holding our offense back. Yeah, we um, I, I agree with you, Hunch. It's been holding us back a little bit, not quite looking for Godwin like we should. A couple of missed throws, but I think drops have held us back as well. Evans has had a couple big ones. Uh, Kate Otten has had a couple big ones. So I think if we secure the ball a little bit better i think we will be in a little bit better of a situation moving forward as well and my one big thing or walk off heading into tomorrow night's pod is really just keeping an update with the injury report um seeing where our guys are come tomorrow carlton davis trending in the right direction devin white is as well vita vea banged a crap a little bit still see how that turns out and see if we get Carlton Davis back or Jamel Dean. I don't think we're going to get Jamel Dean, but Carlton Davis could surely be a possibility for the Buccaneers back end. Remember, you can keep up with us on Twitter today at Bucketeers. You can keep up with us on Instagram today at Bucketeers Pod. You can keep up with us on YouTube, Google, Spotify, and so much more at Bucketeers Podcast. And you can keep up with me on X at Tampa Tones with one us and on Instagram at Tampa Tones with two us's to end it there. It's been a beautiful to me up show. We appreciate everybody for joining. We had Jay Gerson, Ima Dada, Leo Montavo, Donnie Pepin, JLo in the house, Kenny B in the house, Nathan in the house, and so many more great Bucks fans join us on this beautiful Thursday. You guys enjoy the rest of your night. God bless. Enjoy football. You got Thursday night football, Green Bay, Detroit. You got college football, Jackson State, Sam Houston State, Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky, Temple, Tulsa. Ah, great night to be alive for a football fan. Love you guys. Stay blessed. Stay safe as always. And remember, fire the damn cannons. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Bucks win. Bucks beat the Saints. Bucks win. They did it. They did it. Three and one atop of the South. Fire the damn cannons. On behalf of Huncho, Tampa Tones here. The Bucketeers are out. We will see you guys tomorrow. Stay tuned for a time 
and the giveaway winner will be announced. How great of a Friday is that? Have a beer with us. Have a smoke with us. See you guys tomorrow on the Bucketeers. but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. The energy, the electricity. That place was rocking anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bucks fans were there, too. The Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan, and it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat Donovan. It looks like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. (laughs) It does look like we got a little. No, my my uh, camera's broke.